Welcome to This Week in Sports with Eric and Jordan. As always, I'm Eric Weirda alongside Jordan Angie and yeah, um, nothing really, I don't think anything really truly bad happened this week. Um, sad, no yes. sex and misogynism. No sexist misogynistic stuff this week. Yes. Some totally sad stuff yes. happened. Um, some awesome storylines have come up. Uh, obviously the Olympics. Um, but let's get let's dive right into it. Um, I know last week as we were recording, I was watching the British Open. Colin Morikawa, 24 years old. Unbelievable kid. Um, U.S. Olympian for golf as well. Um, probably going to be on the Ryder Cup. Won his first Open Championship in his first appearance. He became the first golfer to win both the PGA and the U.S. Open in his first appearance in the tournament. The kid is unreal. Great, great ball striker. Um, And it was the conditions were perfect for a British Open. I mean, most of I mean, I'm the type of person that wants wind whipping off the coast and score and the winning score being plus two. Uh, I mean, to me, that's, well, that's typically, that's, typically yeah, that's pretty much typical weather for that, that uh, part of the world. But it was perfectly sunny all week and there was no wind. Like, and that's, it was just perfect weather. The scores were reflected it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Colin Morikawa, I mean, we talked a few years ago by Jordan Spieth with his early success in majors. Now we're talking Colin Marcaro with that. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I look, I mean, golf's a mental game and some things happen, but let's see. I mean, I'm, it'll be fun to watch uh, his career grow from here. Um, but yeah, awesome job. Uh, make the U.S. proud, Colin. Um, rooting for all U.S. athletes as well, um, which we'll get into later. Um, but yeah, let's go. Um, to the sad news. Um, first off, legendary Florida State coach Bobby Bowden diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. It's They said it's terminal. And he's 91 years old. He said he's at peace. Um, so it seems like it's a matter of time. Thoughts and prayers um, to the Bowden family. Um, much respect for Bobby. I mean, taking over Florida State in the 70s, turning them into a power. Um, just great guy. Great, you know, the players he coached, nothing bad about him. And it's sad. Um, I mean, he's, like I said, 91, retired in 2009. Uh, but, yeah, thoughts are with the Bowden family. Yeah, man, he he made it so that it was a rivalry between Florida State and Miami. Because, you know, <laughs> there was a long stretch where Miami – had zero respect for Florida State because they were just kicking their ass year after year after year. And he really um, turned it around, you know, and it it's nice to hear these legendary coaches that doesn't have a scandal following them. So for the love of God, don't let that come out. Um, oh, but yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but I'm I'm talking I'm I'm talking like paternal type stuff, you know, where it's like he is so iconic at that university, you know. I mean, they should freaking put his name in the middle of the field at this point. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man, cancer sucks. That's where I'm gonna end that yeah. discussion. Is fuck cancer. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and then, uh, sad, also sad news. Um, Jets, New York Jets assistant Greg Knapp um, passed away from injuries um, sustained when he was riding his bike near his home um, when he was hit by a distracted driver in a, while he was in a bike lane. Um, was unconscious on the scene and never regained consciousness. Um, so thoughts are thoughts and prayers are with the Knapp family as well. Um, he, from what I read, um, nothing but great things about him. Um, and he's, he's a football lifer and re, I mean, coached a lot of great players. Steve Young was one of them and all these players, nothing, not a bad thing to say about him. Um, would be, I was, I mean, it would have been interesting to see what he could do with Zach Wilson. Um, kind of a connection there with Steve Young and BYU. Um, yeah, I think that's, you know, I mean, 58 years old, too young, you know, and not from, you know, a free, it was a freak accident, you know, somebody not paying attention while you're driving, get off your damn cell phone, um, you know, and it just, it didn't have to happen. And, you know, he was really excited, you know, to be with the Jets, be with Robert Sala, just to work with Zach Wilson, who, you know, Steve Young was quoted as saying, you know, if there's one guy that you want your kid to go learn how to be a quarterback from, it's Greg Knapp. That's Steve Young that said that. And um, I think, you know, it's just, it's, it's sad, man. I you know, football stuff completely aside, and just yeah. father, husband, taken away. You know, for no reason. It's not like it, two complete. It was more Bobby Bowden's ninety-one. Got to live out his entire life. Survived. And survived COVID. Survived exactly. COVID. <laughs> you know, now he's ninety-one, and they're like, "Well, yeah, cancer is probably going to be the thing." And he's like, "Well, okay." Ninety-one years later, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna bite it, I'm gonna bite it. You know. Right. Greg Knapp out riding his bike and just mercilessly, you know, hit. And I just, it, that story hit me. I think a little harder than Bowden because, because yeah. of that, you know. Um, life short, um, no guarantees. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just thoughts. Uh, thoughts go out to the Jets organization, the Knapp family as well. Um, but we'll uh, kind of go out. On that note, uh, end the sad stories and uh, some. We're getting to that time of year, football season, college, NFL. But the biggest story, it's Texas and o- Texas and Oklahoma bolting the big bolting from the Big Twelve to the SEC. It seems very likely, and. I really don't know what to think. <laughs> like, it's just... I mean, geography has gone out the window in conferences. Um, oh, yeah. Geography. <laughs> when Notre Dame is in the ACC... Well... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame is just... Yeah, just, I mean, but West Virginia is in the Big 12. Like, I think the only... Yeah, there's really no geography anymore. <laughs> but I mean it's become money and 
there's a thing with the I mean, you look at Texas of the SEC I mean he's getting is likely going to get these two powers um, more so Oklahoma recently um, than Texas but it's going to be interesting I mean Oklahoma has had a run in the Big 12 because really I mean there's not much no disrespecting but there's not much it's not much competition in the Big 12 compared to the Big 10 or Pac-12 or SEC. Well, you know who's breathing a sigh of relief is Bob Stoops right now. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> oh, man. I um, I, I hate it. for the. I, I'm never going to cry about a college, you know, like billion dollars, you know, freaking industry, you know, so I, I'm not going to be sad, but I hit it for the other teams in the Big 12. Because, I mean, the Big 12 is pretty much over with now, right? Like, <laughs> they're... Texas A&M left for the SEC a few years back. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like it, they're they're basically the Sun Belt without those two teams. I mean, I, mean, I know I said the competition, but I mean, Kansas State has flashed some brilliance uh, Oklahoma State as well recently but outside of that <laughs> outside of those teams I don't I don't know man it's adding I mean now I I don't know if you're gonna I don't know I mean it's just kind of an interesting development um, in sports I mean are you the whole idea, I know we've talked about it. I mean, there's been talks that the NCAA is going or the Power Five's trying to go their own way and disband from the NCAA, but now with NILs in effect, which, my God, these kids are signing crazy deals already. <laughs> um, Good for them, by the way, for that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's great. But it's also, but this is, I mean, kind of going to get to it. I mean, you're going to see Oklahoma, Alabama, Texas, Alabama, Texas, Florida. I mean, that's, I mean, they, I mean obviously the games could be pretty good, but. I mean, I well, it's going to have. Texas's point, though, I mean, they've struggled the past few years. Well, what's going to happen? Hot seat, are you going to really, you're going to move him to the SEC where he's going to lose a lot more games, I think. Um, I don't think Texas can compete in the uh, SEC right now. It's going to open... I mean, you're trying to compete recruiting-wise? I mean... I don't know. What's going to happen is the SEC is going to cannibalize itself. And I think that's, you know, going to be part of the problem is, hey, that's great. You know, you got this power conference what does that mean for everybody else? You know, so now, you know, if you're, if you're Oklahoma, you're a big fish playing in a small pond, but guess what? That small, smaller pond has gotten you an opportunity to play in the college football playoff because you were a conference champion and, you know, you got to represent your school. Now you could be the fourth or fifth best school in the SEC. And 
you know, are you going to take the fourth or fifth best school in the SEC? Or are you going to look at the second best team in the Pac-12 and the ACC? Which, by the way, the ACC has already kind of come out and hinted at the fact they may partner with the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and they may form a super network. And I hope they do. Like, it, the ACC, I just, I don't know. Us living in North Carolina, we're an ACC country. But if you watch the media, it feels like all they do is just slob on the SEC. And it frustrates me because they've, like, earned, I, it. they've earned it only in football. Exactly. Like, <laughs> Not the other sports, I don't think. I mean, baseball, they're pretty good. I mean, Vanderbilt's phenomenal. And baseball, yeah. uh, great program there. Um, which, by the but way, like, I mean, that's just a, I mean, they get. It's, I don't know, man. I just, like, I'm, I don't, I, whatever. At the end of the day, things aren't going to change. Exactly. The, like, it is what it is. There's nothing you can do to stop it. It's purely a money-driven move. Purely. Like, from a competitive advantage, like you said. Competitively, it makes no sense for Texas. Competitively, it makes no sense for Oklahoma. So, why are they doing it? It's the same thing we've been talking about. Is College sports is all about the money. And SEC can pay them more, and I don't blame them for leaving. So... Yeah, and the, the Big 12 tried to go back to Texas and Oklahoma and be like, hey, we redid the financing that can give you guys more revenue. And even then, they're still like, eh. We'll, uh, we'll take, we're probably going to go to the SEC anyway. Yes. Um, <laughs> they finally understand what it feels like to be those players back in the day. When it was like you were showing up to a player and you offered them money, and they were like, "Yeah, um, you're not even offering us close to what Texas and Oklahoma are offering us." Um, it's just kind of funny now that Texas and Oklahoma are going to look at the Big Twelve. They're like, "Yeah, what you're offering is great, but it's not even close to what the SEC is offering us." Yeah, the SEC is going to be interesting. I mean, obviously, it's too late to do everything this year, so I think this is. I think it's going to go into effect next year, but I just don't. I just don't see, from a money standpoint, it's great. But from a recruiting standpoint, I think it's, I think this hurts them a little more. Um, in that, because you can you go to Oklahoma in the Big Twelve, you're basically like, okay, we can pretty much go every season with most likely one loss. It'll be some fluke loss um, that happens. Um, and then we can sneak into the playoff. Well, now you're looking at the SEC and they're going to come in and go probably lose three or four games and not make the playoffs. But it depends on the expansion as well. So that could also be it. Um, with the news of playoff expansion, likely. Um, but anyway, uh, that's kind of wrapping up that segment. Uh, money talks in college again. But uh, some baseball news. Um, a while back, we talked about a situation where White Sox 28-year-old rookie, Yerman Mercedes, swung at a 3-0 fastball, homered, and while up like 15 to four and Tony La Russa didn't back his player and 
most likely I think it mentally messed him up. Um, he sort of struggled um, with that, and then he got demoted to AAA Charlotte and went on Instagram, and all he said was, I'm done. Like he's pissed that he got demoted. Um, I think him and LaRusso were on bad terms. But then a day later, he's was in the lineup for Charlotte. <laughs> um, so I just think it was some frustration on Mercedes' part. But with but the problem is, I mean, there's nowhere to put him now in the White Sox organization. Uh, with Eloy Jimenez coming back, Louis Roberts coming back um, in the next month or so. So. Yeah, I think it would be best for everybody if they find him a home. Which trade deadline coming? Trade deadline next week. Um, so I, I don't know what his value would be, but you know, I mean, he was a 28 year old journeyman catcher, you know, career minor leaguer. But he like you don't just get hot like that for no reason. Something changed in him, and it really it sucks to see that he lost his like ability to have fun playing baseball, you know? And it sounds like the whole thing with LaRusa just got so toxic. You know, he was going there, he was going to work every day, which we can all relate, you know. If you don't get along with your boss or whatever, you know, I don't care how good you are, it affects you when you walk in the door. Yeah. I mean we've know? all been I mean we've all dealt with it where I mean not necessarily not get along with the boss, but just the pressures sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's the pressures and anxieties kick in, and he got burned out. But I think this was just, a situation where the LaRusso thing of not supporting a player just kind of meant it just messed him up. And yep, and take how we feel and amplify it by 20, right? Considering the money and it's the major league baseball, and yeah, yeah it's just. I think it was one of those things, um, and this is the problem too with social media day. I think it was an emotional post. I was going to say he was in his feelings, and I, I can relate. Like I can if relate you look too, at, but don't. But there's certain when you act emotionally, sometimes it doesn't come across. Most of the time, it's not rational. Deion Sanders once said, "Think before you press send." No matter what it is, before you press that send button, put it out there for the world to see. Really sit back, have a friend, have a family member look at it, and be like, does, especially if you're a pro athlete, there's plenty of people around those guys that they can just look at and be like, hey, I'm going to tweet this. Do you think this is something that fits me? Yeah, I mean, if you're, then, if you're, very, if you're one of the top players, yeah, you have your own PR team, and they're the ones that handle all that. Um, yeah, maybe just say, hey, <laughs> take, take, what they should have done is given him a couple of days off. Because clearly he was upset and said, hey, you know what? Take a couple of days, take a week off, you know, get your shit together, go to Charlotte. And I'm rooting for him now. I hope he, if he goes to Charlotte and plays really, I hope he plays so good. They, they have to find a fucking spot for him. I hope he rips the cover off the ball. I hope he tattoos Uptown Charlotte with home runs. Um, you know, because he 
he seems like he's a good guy. He just was in a shitty situation. And, you know, that team has got to your point. They don't really have a spot for him, you know. I mean, you know, Eloy Jimenez is ripping the cover off the ball on his rehab stand. Louis Robert hit a damn two-run home run in Winston-Salem the other day. That was a rehab assignment. Like, they've got all of these loaded freaking guys coming back. There's no spot for them. Find them a spot. I'm sure there's a team that's a contender that would love a second catcher that could rip the cover off the ball, come off the bench, and pinch it for you. Like an American League team, most likely, I think, um, because you do utilize him as the DH. Um, yeah, something. I mean, goddamn, the Yankees need all the help they can get. Send him to us. <laughs> can, can he play the outfield? Because holy shit, like yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, just an interesting storyline. Um, I didn't really know about it until I woke up. I saw Tony La Russa trending, and I, my only thought was, what did he do now? <laughs> um, and he was only trending because of your Mercedes post. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it did, bottom line here, I mean, well, I mean, think it is, it's think before you send. I mean, we do it, I mean, coworkers and I, when we're trying to get something done, We'll send like emails or draft them where like, hey, does this sound good or does this come across? Because sometimes it's hard to t- retone over text. Does this sound like I'm being a dick? <laughs> um, but- That's the problem with text and emails. You can't understand the tone and the context that the person's sending it in, you know? So it's like, you know, if I text you, hey, you know, or something, you know, do you understand the context and, you know, the tone that I'm putting to it? Do you understand what I'm saying when I'm convening it? Yeah. yeah. But that's kind of it. Um, well, like I said earlier, um, college football, NFL starting up. Training camps have begun. And we are in the 40-so day range before the NFL season. I can't wait. Um, training camps opened up. Cam Akers tore his Achilles. He's out for the year. Bud Dupree's on the pup list. Caleb Fairley's on the NFI list for Tennessee. Ben Roethlisberger made, appeared at camp and looking probably the best he's ever best shape he's been in. I think since he got to the NFL. Um, so I think he's right out to prove something. Um, and Green Bay does it again. <laughs> um, Devontae Adams broke off extension talks with Green Bay, say, quote unquote, bad, they're in a bad space. So those are shelved. Aaron Rodgers apparently is having his house deep cleaned, so that means hey, I'm either he's either coming back or he's getting ready for it to sell. And speaking of that, Zadarius Smith, the edge rusher, tweeted out again. Think before you send. I need a real. I'm tweeted along the lines. I need a real during Green Bay. And then he backtracked by saying he's looking for a new place. Do you know who I feel bad for in this whole thing? There's two people. Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur. 
Matt LaFleur, from all I can tell, is a good coach. You know, good football mind, you know, QB whisperer type of guy. He doesn't deserve this shit. You know, like, he, he just showed up. He got, like, he, he, whether it was Aaron Rodgers or him or whoever you want to give the credit to, he was a damn NFC championship quarterback or coach. You know, like, they, he was the coach of that team last year. And I really feel bad for Jordan Love. Like, I hope that kid comes out, and I hope not for your sake as a Lions fan. So don't take this and be rooting against the Lions. They have enough going on that they need to fix. But I hope he goes out and pickers max the whole NFL because everybody is shitting on that team and shitting on the fact that Aaron Rodgers is just screwed. Jordan Love, I don't, you don't listen to us, but man, if you ever do, bro, I'm on your fan side. Not just because your first name is Jordan, but because. You were being overlooked so much by so many people. And I just hope, I hope they trade Aaron Rodgers. And I hope they make, I hope he fucking makes everybody in Green Bay forget Aaron Rodgers ever existed. That's a much rooting for him. I'd be lying if I say I wasn't enjoying what's going on um, with this. Um, but I think I sent the, I think I sent the drift of, the Billy Madison uh, decathlon where where Eric's on fire from the oven and Billy Madison's just jumping up and down with joy laughing. That was me um, watching this develop. But, yeah, I mean, who knows, though? I mean, honestly, I'm just, I am just I just act like that out of hope that Green Bay suffers. Um, but it's just, we'll see. I mean, who knows what the what's going to happen, but yeah, just before we, just before we went live, uh, Deshaun Watson is planning to report to training camp to avoid a fifty thousand dollar per day fine. He still wants to be traded, though. That is one thing that hasn't changed. NFL still hasn't acted on if he's going to be on the commissioner list. With all things considered, but you want to talk about a story that's gotten buried. How about this is the first time we've talked about Deshaun Watson in a while. And I'm not bringing up that old shit because I made a promise that we weren't talking about that kind of stuff this week. Correct. Um, but he's not going anywhere. What team, what touch him? No pun intended. Um, but who who would touch him right now? <laughs> like, until I know he is free to walk the streets. And that all these allegations are going to go away permanently, not just get buried by the stories of the NFL. Uh, who the hell would trade for him, Eric? Seriously. Like who, I mean, there are teams that need a great quarterback that would take him. But are you touching that situation right now? Completely unresolved? Yeah. I mean, I think pe- teams are going to wait, obviously, um, which is why I think the league's going to put him on the commissioner exemplist soon. Um, or at least I hope the NFL does. Um, but yeah, I mean, also, um, DeAndre Hopkins questioning his future, um, because the NFL is gonna, because the NFL announced this week that if an unvaccinated player causes a COVID outbreak, those games aren't going to be on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're done. You're forfeit that game. All right. Unpopular opinion. You ready? I support the NFL. 
taking any politics out of it, which, by the way, I'm finally scheduled to get my vaccine. I, th- I think I'm, with, with the variant out there, that scares the shit out of me, and it's actually killing people our age. I'm kind of like, I'm finally going to go ahead and get my vaccine. Um, but taking politics out of this, the NFL is a multi, 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 multi billion dollar business. Private business. Exactly. And you've got this person that says, I don't want to get a vaccine because it's my personal beliefs. Guess what, motherfucker? We existed way before you ever did, and we will exist way after you did. (laughs) And if you compromise our ability to hurt our business, you can pound sand. I didn't like wearing a mask. I hated every second of it. Working a retail job, I had to run around all day wearing that stupid mask. I had to load stuff up at 100 degree heat in that mask. And as much as I didn't like it, I did it. And why? Because it's what my business told me I needed to do to protect their business. And if I wanted a job there, I had to follow the rules. The balls on your court, to, whether it's DeAndre Hopkins or Cole Beasley. Guys, you can have your personal beliefs. You can have your personal feelings. None of that shit matters in business. Well, they don't. And the thing is, too, they don't. The league's not saying league is. In, I feel this is more "quote unquote" incentivizing to get the vaccine. But I mean, remember we talked about it where the league said, "Well, we you can do that if you want, um, but you have to follow the protocols we put in place last year." Um, so the unvaccinated still have to follow the protocols. Protect the shield, bro. Um, Roger Goodell is doing what he has to do. Again, I hate that son of a bitch. So this will be the one time. This is like me showing support for EA, which I will never do. Um, But you got to protect the shield, bro. You got to protect it. And the Titans last year tried really hard to fuck it up for everybody else. They really did. You know, the the Browns tried really hard. The Broncos tried really hard to fuck it up for everybody else. And the NFL was in panic mode last year. And I give them credit because they held their shit together, even though it was real sketchy. You know, they were trying to learn. They worked around it last year. I thought they did, in all things considered, no team forfeited games, no team. And every game got played. And the NFL said, all right, that was, I mean, from a fan standpoint, I know we've said it, if we could have football every day of the week, we'd love it. <laughs> um, but it's not going to happen. Um, last year was an anomaly. And this year, this, they basically said it. Okay, you don't have to get it. But if you cause this, you're going to be fined 14 plus thousand. And your team's going to forfeit a game. So, say you're... Look, Arizona, perfect example. I believe this is a playoff team. And if they miss by one game that is caused by a COVID outbreak, they're no one but to blame but whoever that was. Man, that's... That's why I said, bro, the league existed before you, they'll exist after you. 
You know, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter. You could be a Hall of Famer. You know, it doesn't matter. You could be God's gift to humanity. At the end of the day, the NFL cares about one thing. They care about the NFL. And rightfully so. Again, it, people don't understand it, it, it's a business. You know, there's a saying in the movie industry. It's called show business, not show friends. You know, we can be friends. But at the end of the day, it's a business. And I have to run it as a business where I maximize my money. Because you never know. You could be here today and gone tomorrow. And, you know, I, I support every player's personal choice. If you, you know, I, there's all these coaches getting, you know, fired, you know, or quitting because they don't want to get the vaccine. I support them. It happened in Minnesota and uh, New England. And it's going to continue happening. You know, I support those guys and their choice to the fullest extent. But I also support the reasoning behind why the rules in place. So, exactly. Um, and look, I mean, that's a, I mean, it's the whole choice of, hey, you want to do this? Great. You have to follow last year's protocols. This year, in this is what's going to happen if you violate those protocols. This is what's going to happen if there's an outbreak on your team because you violated those protocols. So. That's kind of it. A um, couple of couple drafts um, happened the past within the last week. Um, MLB draft, NHL draft. A um, lot of talk there. I mean, MLB uh, Pirates taking uh, Henry Davis, catcher from Louisville, number one, surprised a lot of people. Um, as a Tigers fan, I that kind of gave me hope. Um, because there's a lot of talented young shortstops, and we drafted Jackson Job, high schooler out of Oklahoma, who's going to develop over the next few years, hopefully. But he has a slider with no stuff on it that has that is 3,200 RPM. <laughs> so that is nasty. Um, so there's potential there. NHL draft was this weekend. University of Michigan, insanely represented. Um, three out of three out of the top five um, played for University of Michigan this past year. Luke Hughes of the Hughes brothers, Quinn and Jack, um, is committed to go to Michigan this year. As a Michigan fan, I hope all four: Owen Power, Jack, Luke Hughes. Ken Johnson, Matt Bernier. I hope they all return um, and bring Michigan a natty uh, because anything short of appearing in that title game is going to be a disappointment if they do. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's unprecedented. I know we kind of joked about it in our pre-show. How come Alabama hasn't done that in football yet? But it's just because it's so unprecedented, you know? Um, I didn't realize Michigan was churning out damn top five level NHL prospects. I'll have to pay attention to some college hockey, I guess. I mean, Michigan Michigan hockey has always been good. Um, I mean, they've up in pre, before this year, they have they've had 25 they've had 25 players go in the first round. Um, that number's 28 
officially now 28, but possibly 29. Um, and here's the thing. I mean, I mentioned, I hope they return. This is what I think a baseball should do is if you get drafted, the team that drafts you can hold, holds your right for three years. And what these players can do is they can go and develop in the minors or they can go to college. And then once the college season's over, sign their deals and jump in the NHL late season. Um, um, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, a fun, it's a unique process and it's worked in college hockey um, for all these years. Um, hey, speaking of drafts too, we also have the Seattle Kraken join the NHL. So yeah. welcome. Um, and a touchback on baseball. We no longer have a Cleveland Indians baseball team this year. Also correct. Yes, the Cleveland Guardians. Stupid. I Sorry. No, I, I think the name is stupid too. The logo, I'm not a fan of the logo either. Um, it looks like the old, looks like an old Thor helmet. Um, Which is why people are joking that Groot should be the damn mascot. <laughs> like, yes. Disney would never allow that. Stop it. Stop saying that. It's funny to laugh about. It'll never happen. The, the Guardians of the Galaxy Knight should be a big hit. Yeah, I mean, they could definitely do that, you know, like they, you know, Chris Pratt can make a boatload of money showing up and doing an appearance in Cleveland, you know, um, I don't know, it's just, what a weird week in sports, man, like we have so many hobbits, still got more to cover, I know, it's, what a, what a weird week. Yeah, I mean, let's go to the, let's kind of go with the biggest storyline now, um, this week, it's the Olympics, after 2020 canceled last year kind of dicey at first you got some players not showing up because of covid protocols you've got people you know paralympian who isn't showing up because they're not allowing they only got one personal aid for the entire team instead of their own assistance due to protocols you've got a paralympian that was told her shorts that she's worn for nine years is too short yep which is ridiculous Um, Absolutely, and then, yeah, I mean, but so far, and so far the games have been pretty good. I mean, I have it on now. Um, I thought it was per. I thought they picked the perfect uh, torch lighter, um, and Naomi Osaka, um, who officially got the games underway. Medal count so far: ten for the U.S., tied for most with China. History this morning, um, Lee Kiefer, first U.S. athlete to win Olympic gold in the individual foil, which is fencing. Um, So that's awesome. And uh, 18-year-old Anastasia Zolotich became the first American woman to win gold in Taekwondo. (laughs) Um, So the timing, I mean, mean, this is probably the most American thing I can say is all these events should be like in our time zone <laughs> uh, because I mean, it's a 13 hour time difference. That's um, definitely some American privilege on your part, but yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say you're alone in that. It's just the timing's hard to do with everything. I mean, last night I watched, watched some of the swimming events, um, which is great. I, so again, it's my favorite event to watch in the Olympics, but yeah, I mean, the games are off to a good start. Uh, South Korea continued their archery dominance today. 
winning their, I think they've won gold in every Olympics since 1988 um, in archery. Um, and yeah, it's just, the Olympics are always fun. I mean, just all the stuff going on in the world, events like this bring it together and for two weeks, and it's always good. Um, you know what's not fun is um, Peacock. <laughs> I don't know if you – I don't think you have Peacock. You watch the games on regular TV, right? I have Peacock too. I have watched – well, first of all, Sunday Peacock messed up during WWF Money in the Bank where during the title fucking match – Peacock shit app. Literally the entire app crashed for like for some people it was like six or seven minutes where you miss the entrances. Some people you miss the entire title match. Um I tried watching some of the stuff on Peacock and it was choppy as hell. So I need NBC to focus on that. I can watch it on YouTube TV and it's fine. I switched to Peacock where it's being advertised and I've had a horrible experience. I don't know if you're interested in that. No, I haven't really watched him. I only griped last last night. Um, me and one of my friends uh, were texting about swimming. Um, they cut coverage of a of the first leg of a semis in swimming. Like we didn't even see it <laughs> um, because of something. Because of either they were doing a promotion or something, but they didn't even. We missed an entire. Semi-final. They get your stuff together, NBC Universal. Um, yeah, so that's a that's a, kind of what's going on in the Olympics. I'm watching water polo right now, which is very violent, by the way. Oh, they. Uh, yeah, I'll pass on ever playing that. They beat the hell out of each other. Yeah, I think you you watched rowing. It's, you watched a little bit of rowing this this morning and just watching it it's like like you're feeling it it's yeah man like they're not i'm thinking they're going like 500 meters no no this was like 2500 meters like oh my god i would die in the first two feet like if the olympics is nothing it gives you respect for the athletes yeah crew crew is tough and rowing is is tough i mean i love the i love the row machines but that's just because it's a great workout you're using your body weight, but that yeah, actual rowing, it's, they, it's it's tough, uh, and all these sports are tough that they do. It's not nothing's easy in the Olympics. <laughs> like all the fun games we played, badminton, ping pong, or table tennis, they hit the ball, they hit the birdie and ball very hard in those. And the Olympic level, uh, it's not. Yeah, it's a whole different ball game playing it in your house versus playing it on yeah. professional level. Yeah, and and you mean U.S. Uh, U.S. women's soccer lost their first game of the group to three nil to Sweden the other day. First loss in forty four games, and then came back with a much needed, especially with goal differential, six one win over New Zealand yesterday. And just before this, France beat the U.S. men's basketball team 83-76, snapping a 25-game Olympic win streak. And 
U.S. wasn't playing that well in their exhibitions in Vegas. Um, and also, I think there's some fatigue, um, which we'll get into because let's go right into it. The NBA Finals. Congratulations, Milwaukee Bucks. First title in 50 years. Giannis, MVP. I mean, joining Hakeem and Michael Jordan as the only Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, and NBA champion. So that's awesome. Um, congratulations, Phoenix Suns. Had a great year. Uh, hopefully, they can build off this. Um, and But the fatigue factor. Uh, Chris Middleton, Devin Booker, Drew Holiday. Basic, I mean, they've been playing since December. And basically two days after winning, they're in Tokyo. It's Yeah, man. Congrats on the Bucks. You know, um, I think officially Devin Booker's arrived. <laughs> um, so hopefully he can continue. That Phoenix Sun team, man, they're going to be around a while. Like, if you think they're just one and done in the playoffs, you're crazy. So, yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to follow. But, um, but, yeah, interesting to see what Chris Paul does. Um, again, still want him to get a ring, but no, uh, like I said before, there's no. Whoever won the series to me was it. I'm never gonna, I'm not gonna lose sleep because I can really care less about the teams, um, to be honest. But it's just two teams that I felt de- deserve a title with players that deserve a title, and it was gonna be a team and player that deserve one, and finally, uh, finally got it. Um, Giannis did what he was. Wanted to do. Signed in Milwaukee, stayed with Milwaukee, and they built around him. And, and it drew, it. it drew good ratings. Sorry, not to cut you off. One yeah. thing people talked about was oh, two non-LA Chicago teams are going to have bad ratings. Actually, considerably speaking, it did pretty well. So, take with that as you will. Yeah. Um, well, we decided to end this uh, episode. Um, with kind of like a feel-good story segment. Jordan? Yes, well, Eric, I sent you this video, guys. Um, Sports Center tweeted out, or ESPN tweeted out a little video last night of this little kid, and he was at a Blue Jays game. I don't know if they were like, I think he was in the batting box maybe or something like that. <laughs> and or maybe it was like pregame. George Springer walks up. And this little kid starts having a conversation with him. And he starts having a conversation with this kid who's maybe eight years old, 10 years old, maybe. And the thing that struck me so much, guys, is number one, George Springer could have ignored the kid. A lot of athletes do. He could have waved at him or said, thanks for your support, kid. But George Springer has a conversation with him. And again, the conversation could have ended there. So after they exchanged a couple lines, George Springer looks at the kid and said, hey, do me a favor. And the kid says, yes, sir, anything. And he said, try your best at everything you do and don't ever quit. 
And the kid said, oh, my God, yes, sir. I'll always remember this. Guys, the old saying is you don't want to meet your heroes because you'll be disappointed. I don't particularly care for George Springer. He was a member of the Houston Astros team. I'm not going to go down that road again. But in this moment, in this instance, I'm now a fan of George Springer because, again, he could have ignored the kid. He could have waved him off. He could have just ended the conversation where it was. But George Springer initiated this advice for this kid. And now this kid, for the rest of his life, is going to have a story. He can tell his family, hey, you know, I was at a baseball game one time. And George Springer, we don't know what he's going to be as a pro. He could go down as a Hall of Famer. He could go down as a good young player that never panned out regardless. But, man, I was at a baseball game. And I talked to George Springer. I had a conversation with him. He told me to never quit and never go. I hope this kid grows up to be a CEO somewhere. Um, you know, we talked about in the, in the podcast how there was no <laughs> misogynistic or, you know, sexual allegations, anything crazy from the podcast. But this video, Eric, completely, it, it just for a moment gave me a little more hope in humanity that somebody can decide to do something good for no other reason than to do something good. And he made an impression on this kid's life, hopefully. And um, George Springer, I just, I'd love that. I think that's amazing. I think more people do it that don't get recognized. So I'm sure there are probably 20 baseball players that day in the pros that did something similar. But just for this one isolated incident, it was absolutely wonderful to watch. So my hero of the week is George Springer for going out of his way to make sure this young baseball fan understood that no matter what you're doing in life, you could always try your best and don't ever quit at it because clearly that's what got him to the pros. So um, George Springer, Bamf of the week. And he also, after the at-bat, gave the kid his bat and helmet. Um, so that, say what you want about Springer on the Astros, see what you want about the Astros, but come on, it's George Springer, I think, all accounts, great guy. Um, but yeah, the other story to um, Nashville Predators to the prospect uh, Luke Prokop, um, 19 years old, came out um, becoming the first NHL prospect um, to do so. And the crazy thing is, is if he if he does uh, make it to the Predators, will become uh, only the third player to really to come out and as gay and be an active player. Um, and that's a crazy stat, but for someone that young to come out and he said. I mean, just the events of last year gave me time to really think about who I am, what I want to do. And look, I've, I've had teammates that I've had teammates in the, that were, that are in that community and nothing took, takes away from them as humans. Um, they're good athletes. Um, actually, I don't know if it still stands, but because the program was pretty young, but four by one track relay team that I was on member of that community 
hell of a runner. <laughs> we set a school record <laughs> in that relay. So, I mean, none of that matters. Do your job, be a good human, and I support uh, support everyone. Dude, I, I completely agree. One thing, I, I, I'm, I'm going to keep this positive, but I will say, I, I when you Google this, you just type in Luke Prokop's name. These first news article, you're going to pull up an article by Deadspin. Don't read that article. Don't support them. Because the article, I, I was interested. I said, okay, let me read it. And it essentially ties all of the shit that happened in Chicago and basically warns Luke that this is the NHL he's stepping into. And if you're writing an article about that, you're missing the point completely. I think, you know, every sport has things that need to change where these players can be more comfortable. The fact is, is that back-to-back months, you know, know, a couple weeks apart, we've had two pro, you know, players in major sports come out and say, hey, I'm gay, and this is who I am, and this is what I'm about. And as far as anybody's concerned, it's about what I do on the field or on the on the rink. And I, I just like I said about Carl Nassib, I'm rooting for Luke to be successful. I hope he has a great career. And if he's not, I hope it's based purely on his play and his performance and nothing else. Yes. Absolutely agree. And yeah, I mean, look, I mean, there's I mean, it's unfortunate. Um people will always be against certain things and it sucks. But because, it, because like I said, I mean, it doesn't take away the fact that these people, that they're human, that we're human and we should support humans and everything judged off character and ability. Um, but we'll see. And like he just said, I I hope Luke does well. Um, and he got a call actually from Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame member Elton John. I'm actually kind of jealous of that because Elton John is awesome. <laughs> um, I'll go with Rob Halford for me. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just I mean, again, the only thing too is. What I love seeing is that we, with people coming out um, as trans, as bi, as gay, whatever it is, it's giving people courage to speak out and be themselves. So, what a wonderful way to end the podcast this week, Eric. Um, so, see, two great stories, completely different about athletes that are positive and that change the world for the better. There we go. Eric, did I lose you? And uh, thank you for listening. Um, As always, I'm Eric Weird alongside Jordan Angie. And uh, take care. Bye, guys.